Welcome to City Life Church, and this is our podcast. This is Pastor Dave Diefendorf, and we are so honored to have you join us today. Our passion is to help you discover who God is, grow in the likeness of Jesus, and lead well in this generation. I hope in this message, God will meet you where you're at and take you to the next level in your connection with Him and His kingdom. Enjoy the message. through. All right, there we go. Um, so last week we did, it was, we've been, so we started off last week, let's just calm down now, Dave, and just kind of set this up. Last week we started a little series called Nuggets, and uh, following Jesus for 31 years, still a babe in Christ, but of the things the Lord's put in, these are like the big ticket nuggets that the Lord's uh, laid in, and I and believing that these are some fundamental foundations as a follower of Jesus. And uh, so we've just been kind of going through it. And so last week we talked about uh, being in the presence of God, being close to the Lord, uh, going a little bit further than just kind of our Santa Claus Jesus that we treat him as, going to him just when we need things, or God, I'm in a crisis, or God, I'd really like this to happen. Or uh, and a lot of times we just find ourselves that's the space that we're the closest to God on. But that is not the life that Jesus came to live, die, and resurrect to give you. There's, there's, there's further in God's presence that he wants to bring you, and it's a sense of intimacy and closeness that no other human being can match. And uh, I know some of you uh, tried practicing this last week of just kind of sitting with the Lord. Um, if it was unsuccessful, just keep sitting in a sense of... Uh, our ability to kind of block out busyness and distraction and noise and mental rabbit trails and all that, uh, we have a really hard time just getting quiet. And sometimes that actually takes practice. Like when you think of like, man, I want bigger muscles. I need to go into the gym and get my swell on every day. In the same way, if you want to get in the presence of God, it's like, man, I want to get in the gym every day and I'm going to quiet myself before the Lord, without any agenda, because I want to be with Him. And that's good ground for the Lord to kind of take you further. Amen? So, uh, let me pray, and then we'll dive into our message today on uh, living in victory in Christ. Lord Jesus, thank you, God, for your Word and your Spirit. Yeah, God, with our two guides of those, Father, you lead us on into abundant life because of what Jesus did. Father, I pray that many of us here that have come and we are looking to you. God, we are wanting truth. We are wanting you. We are wanting answers. Father, I pray that you would give us a sense of clarity this morning that only your spirit can provide as to uh, the lifestyle of a follower of Jesus and what that looks like. Because, God, we have a cultural model, but that's not in line with the word. And so, Lord, help us. Be in line with your word and your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, uh, grew, growing up in church, kind of grew up in church, uh, large church, actually. And, um, but 
I, I kind of lived a double life in high school, kind of lived a double life uh, early on in college, and then uh, a guy uh, in college confronted me on my life, kind of saw the duplicity going on, and really just kind of threw a gauntlet charge uh, across a dining table uh, in, right at the end of my freshman year, and I really wrestled with that. It kind of it, it, it got down to my soul. I couldn't I couldn't uh, ignore what he told me and how I was just in outright rebellion against God. And I needed that word in order for me to get truth in me because I was just kind of living in my own little fantasy world. I was kind of the Lord of my own world, and I was kind of making my own calls and trying to build a life that I saw fit. But then when truth entered into the room, it was like in a, in, a, in a moment I knew that the course that I was going on was not the course that I was designed by God to go on. And I knew that I needed to change course. And one night, long story short, uh, there was I just surrendered to the Lord to say, God, I'm not in charge anymore. I don't want to be in charge. You're Lord. I want you to be in charge. I'm coming into agreement with reality here. I'm not making you Lord. You're already Lord. I'm just recognizing that that's true. And so I yield. I submit to you. And there was a sense of refreshment that came over my whole life. Uh, My heart, my mind, uh, my sense of the future, my sense of myself, of like who I am in this world. A sense of refreshment. But Uh, Many of you know, and many of you have experienced that same, probably different circumstance, but same sense of freedom that Christ brings as we turn to Him. And that sense of freedom, God wants to continue. There's a scripture of David, and he says, return to me the joy of my salvation. Now, what what is that phrase, return to me? Well, that means the joy has left. That means... I may have been walking with you for a while, but now the joy is gone. Now it's duty. Now it's obligation. Now it's dogma. But God wants you living in the refreshment. He says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came that you may have life and life abundantly. That abundant life is what you and I were made to live in. And so we kind of come into a church, and we kind of have this kind of mindset. And the mindset is like this. We come in, we look around, everybody's smiling and happy, and we think we're the only jacked-up person in this whole place, right? We think, man, my now, everybody looks, I'm sure nobody's going, I feel like I'm the only one. But then once you kind of like sit in here for a second and realize, Holy crap, we're all jacked up. We're all messed up. And we all need Jesus as our redeemer, healer, and restorer. We all need him. We all need him. And some we meet who the Lord has spent time with, and that transformation process has taken place. But I'll guarantee you that that same person, is. there's more battles before them. And so we're all broken. Jesus said this in Luke 19, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. That was Jesus' mission, to destroy the works of the devil, 
and to seek and save that is lost. That word save, to seek and to save, to seek and to sozo is the Greek word, sozo. And this word communicates the full meaning of salvation. For the Son of Man came to seek and to deliver, to restore, to protect, to persevere, or preserve, sorry, to be healed and to be made whole. When you think of salvation, there's just kind of like a vanilla definition from your old Sunday school that we just kind of like glommed on and like that's what salvation is. That means I'm in agreement with the concepts. Boom, that's what salvation is. That is not what salvation is. It's Jesus coming and delivering you. It's Jesus coming and restoring you, healing you, and making you whole. 1 Thessalonians 5, 21, it's not up there, but Paul kind of mentions that we're made up in three different parts. We've got a body, we've got a soul, and we've got a spirit. Now that spirit is what God says, in my image I'm going to make you, and that spirit is what he put in all of us. But that spirit, when we decided to go our own way and on our rebellion, that spirit died. And all we're left with is our soul and our body. Now, what is our soul? Our soul is what I think, what I feel, and what I sometimes stubbornly want. It's my will. It's my decision maker. That's our soul. And without Christ in our life, those are, those are all the tools that we're left with. What I think, what I feel, and what I want. And the fallen, broken operating system that we have it tends to be governed by these three, what I think, what I want, and what I feel. These tend to be blended with both truth and lies. So time with God and his word, Hebrews 4, it says it divides, God's word is living and active, and it divides your soul and spirit. Now what is that kind of referring to? Well, that that is, it's separating out the parts of your soul that are out of alignment with the spirit, and you notice. It comes up on your radar. You know that it's incongruent. You're out of alignment with God and his design. Here's a fact. You have an original design by God. You have an original design given to you by God. Ephesians 2.10, you are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. Man, that's amazing. He's created. He's brought new life. You're a new creation. When you, when you start following Christ, man, that old creation is dead. It no longer exists. This new creation has arisen. He says, you're his masterpiece. That's like a piece of art. It's like a sculpture or a painting, one that he labors and spends time on molding and forming in the image of his son. And he says he does all that so that we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago. There are works for you that God has planned for you long ago for you to walk in. And the, the, the question is, are you going to be equipped and ready to walk into those exploits that God has prepared for you in advance. It's critical that we understand that we've been created with a great purpose. Not to bolster up our ego, but we have to see reality. 
Our personalities, abilities have been uniquely developed by God himself. We are uniquely designed, we're like a uniquely designed race car, but it's missing the fuel. At salvation, Jesus fills up with his power, which ignites our true purpose. But the scriptures declare this design. And it says, the scriptures declare that you are a child of God, a royal heir, an ambassador of Christ. You're a saint. You're fully righteous in Christ. You're an enemy of the devil. You are an overcoming conqueror in Christ against all that would come against you. That is a small little snapshot as to who God's made you to be. And it's that design that the enemy wants to keep us from and keep you from walking in fully. So as we wake up to true reality, realize that there's like a war going on. Not a physical war, and I'm not talking about Ukraine and Russia. I'm talking about a global, there is a spiritual war going on. And all the chaos and all the stuff, if you haven't seen yet, this is a spiritual war. And a war of ideas. 2 Corinthians 10, Paul says this, but we don't fight like everyone else. We fight a little different. Paul says this, we are human, but we don't wage wars humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts, and we teach them to obey Christ. This stronghold, a stronghold actually is a big old wall around the home castle. That's what a stronghold is. It is, it is a place in which there is, there is a huge wall erected to protect whatever's inside. And our lives, through our lives, before we started following Christ, we were erecting a stronghold wall to keep us God of our own castle and to protect from the outside dangers of the world, we kind of erect this kind of wall to kind of protect us. But here's the thing. A lot of those rocks in that wall are lies. But we think they're true. So we kind of put them in our wall. Hey, that's true. That's true. That's true. But we don't really realize that a lot of our culture has is deep-seated in love for lies. And it's perpetuated as truth. A stronghold is made up of a sin expressed in a person's thoughts, beliefs, attitudes, worldview, actions, values that opposes the truth of God. And even though followers of Christ belong to God, they can give enemy, the enemy a place or jurisdiction in their soul, not spirit, that's made, made alive, but your soul, there's territory, and the enemy wants that territory. He might even say, hey, it's fine that your spirit's regenerated, but I'm going to dominate your soul. Because I want to shut you down and keep you from living in the original design that God's made you. And that threatens me. You living in God's design threatens the enemy. It's his biggest threat. Strongholds are a main weapon of the enemy to make believers ineffective in life and in ministry through debilitating bondage. Getting rid of strongholds is about removing every obstacle between us and Christ that he reveals needs dealing with. 
If we know about it, he's put it before us to handle it with him. So the enemy has worked through life circumstances, people, situations, our responses to those circumstances, people, and situations. Uh, It's created an identity that usually looks something like this. A captured identity is usually selfish and preoccupied. They're victimized. They're filled with self-pity. Thank you, Michaela. They're numb. They're unforgiving. They're filled with self-hatred. They're depressed, isolated and shy, visionless and confused, fearful, unable to trust, cautious and cowardly. That is like the blueprint of what the enemy desires for all of our lives, is that we live in such a state. And these strongholds build a wall around this identity to reinforce it. And I'm sure... I'm sure there's examples in your past that you could point to and say, well, yeah, that's true because remember in the past, I was like that? Remember in the past, I was like that? And so we reinforce this captured identity, just living life. But Jesus came for you to not live bound by strongholds and not live by that captured identity For Jesus to actually tear down the walls that help protect that and actually God begin resurrecting a new life out of the old. And it looks something like this. A restored identity is one who's a servant and a promoter of others. A one who gives hope and encouragement. They are soft-hearted. They are forgiving. They know they are approved by God. They have contagious joy. They are outgoing and bold. They're clear-minded and filled with vision and direction. They're courageous and a bold witness. Who? Which one do you want to live? No. It's like captured or restored. It's like there's no choice. I want to be restored. I don't want to hang on to any of this old crap that's going to keep me boxed in, isolated, depressed, numb, selfish. Or you could kind of put it in a different way. It's the same thing in a different picture. Hopefully you can see this because I scanned it in. Go ahead. There we go. Oof. It's tough to read. I apologize for the people over 50 that you're going to have trouble reading this. Anyway, um, call this the stronghold tree. This is us. And we've got a root system, we've got branches, and we got leaves. We got fruit. We got fruit in our life. You know, you got fruit, you got always got fruit. It's what kind of fruit it is. So let's just take, I'm just going to take one kind of like branch and just kind of like how does this all work together. So um, uh, let's pick uh, shame. Let's pick shame. So a person that's has a stronghold of shame, like they've erected this wall of shame, the fruit looks like this. There's there's self-condemnation. They are what? What does that say? Oh, my gosh, guys, I'm so sorry. I didn't know what it would look like on this big screen. I was nervous. I was like, ah, I might not be able to read this, but praise God. Jesus, give us interpretation. All right, they're withdrawn 
uh, uh, secrecy and avoidance. When somebody's under shame, they're withdrawn, there's some secrecy, so they're kind of hiding things, and they kind of avoid either others or hard situations. Ooh, that's some interesting fruit, isn't it? Well, what's that fruit? Well, that's shame. There's something in that person's life that is, there's a stronghold of shame. Now, that shame, a lot of times churches and people and Christians get so fixated with the fruit. Hey, you've got bad fruit going on, man. Stop doing bad fruit. Hey, man, that fruit in your life is really nasty. Dude, stop producing that fruit. That is not helping them at all. You have to get down into the root system. That's what's important. The fruit is a signal that the root system is jacked. So if we're experiencing bad fruit, we have to start asking Jesus, God, what is in my root system that is producing this fruit? And there's some different, there's some different uh, doorways. There's an open door of sin. Nope, not yet. Open door of sin. That's just, man, I'm just, I'm going to do what I want to do. Okay? Then there's injustices. Sometimes there's some injustices that have been perpetrated upon you. That's now in your root system. How about generational patterns? Generational patterns. Man, my dad was like this. My grandfather was like this. My mom, my aunts, uncles. Man, there seems to be just something in our family. That's a generational pattern. Or just lies we believe. Just lies we believe. We're, we're watching CNN or Fox News, and we're just kind of like, yep, we're just sucking that up. Right? Lies we believe. All right. So, as we kind of start turning to Jesus, we start realizing that he can start repairing our root system. All right, now we go. So, we may see some open doors shut. We're going to get into what that is, repentance. Processed injustices. Man, I've spent time with the Lord. I've processed that. How about healed generational patterns? Man, all those patterns, Jesus came in and broke off my life. It's no longer an issue in my life. And then lies replaced by God's truth. When that starts happening in your root system, things start changing. That whole tree begins transforming, your whole tree. So let's, let's say what it would look like if like you were like, now, this is just with this, like, seven strongholds, right? There's many more, but praise the Lord. Anyway, um, how about instead of rebellion, now you're yielded to God. And that fruit looks much different when you're yielded to God. You're confident. You're obedient. You're close to him. There's God's joy. You're dependent on him. Or what about shame? We talked about shame. Instead of shame, now there's confidence in God. Not confidence in you because we're jacked. That's never changed. It's he. He is the one that, re, that removes my shame because of what he did on the cross. And so now I'm open. I'm honest. I'm vulnerable. I've got nothing to hide. And I'm engaged. So we can kind of like go through the, the whole list, but there's transformation that God wants you to experience and live in where not just one-time transformation, but a lifestyle of transformation. And it's about taking ground. How do you take ground? It's I got to go after the root system. There's some lies in that root system, and I need to replace them with God's truth. 
That's what repentance is. That's the first message that Jesus came to give. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. Repent. That's what repentance is. I am identifying lies and schemes and strategies the enemy has sowed into my life. I'm pulling those out, recognizing them. This is the lie. Now I'm replacing it with God's truth. What does God say about that lie? That's what I'm standing on now because I'm recognizing I've been living in a lie. So in my life, uh, a nice little, uh, call it the four R's, can bring you into this place of victory and freedom in Christ. And the first one is repent. It's a message all throughout the New Testament, repent. It means I come to you with all my junk, my brokenness. I'm not cleaned up. A lot of times religious people want to clean up their act before they turn to the Lord. It's like, no, you're Jack. There's nothing you can do within your own power to clean you up. Like, just admit that. Yield and surrender. God, here's my stuff. I'm done with it. I've seen what it's done to me. And I know the lie that it's kind of anchored in because this little lie comes into my head and then, it, then it's over. So give you a pers- I'll give you a, let's walk through a personal example just to kind of. So in my personal life, uh, usually dudes, number one stronghold that we tend to have is passivity. Passivity. And I was, I was a passive addict, passive addict. And uh, so what happens a lot of times is when men become passive and you're married, the women need to kind of step up. They step up in a way that just produces this little cycle. Anyway, so I'm, I'm under passivity. And there was a season of my life where that became like, that was on my radar. Man, I'm passive, I'm passive, I'm passive. God's like, I want you to deal with that. So I had to kind of sit in it because I needed to see where my passivity was killing me, where it was stealing from me, where it was robbing me. And my passivity was robbing me of engagement with God, growing in the Lord. My passivity was keeping me from engaging my wife instead of just kind of like, Hey, babe, let's, 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 let's get in, you know, let's kind of go further and deeper and like, man, we're so close. It's like, no, we're just kind of like, hey, you kind of do you and I'll do me. And this kind of passivity in a sense of leading my family in a sense of my boys, my kids. I got three, three boys and, man, a man who's passive with their boys, it's like, man, the kids will just dominate the house. And then it's just chaos and so there's a season where the Lord's like, I want you to deal, you bring, you, I haven't made you to live that way. And so I was like, Lord, I repent of my passivity. It's looked like this in my life. I see it. I know that it, what it's robbed of me. And God, I give it to you. And I repent of agreeing with that lie that if, if I would just, if I, if I just maybe hold my tongue, that it would get better. If I maybe just kind of withhold my opinion that things will go smoother, it's a lie. God wants you engaged, fellas, active, alive. So what do we do? We take our passivity to Christ. Say, God, I can't get rid of this on my own. God, I repent. 
Then what? Receive his forgiveness. Jesus, no matter what sin you bring to him, but it's got to be brought to him. But no matter what it is, there's forgiveness in Christ. It's like, son, I know you've been living under that. I forgive you. And then, renounce it. Your lie, how do I explain this? Your lie is empowering the enemy in your life. So when I give into a lie, like me being passive is better. When I give into a lie, I give the enemy ground in my soul to just come in and pitch camp. And so I've got to renounce that spirit that's trying to kind of like make its home in my soul. And you, in the, with the authority of Jesus, has the authority to command any demonic spirit to leave in the name of Jesus. Come on. So you renounce it. Renounce. Man, I'm with that. I'm not going to live with that anymore. God, I repent it. I receive your forgiveness. And spirit of passivity, I command you in the name of Jesus, get out of here. You have no other place. In the, and I'm replacing with God's truth. Man, I'm an ambassador of Christ. I'm a conqueror. I, like, man, I'm a conqueror in Christ. And so I start getting in God's word, and I start replacing it with what he does say about me. That is what repentance is. That is what brings you into a life of transformation in Christ. But yet a lot of us, we just kind of play religious games, and we do this little religious dance, and we never get into this kind of like, Man, bottom line, depths of my soul, bottom of my heart, God, this is true. And I'm coming to just be honest with you. And then we replace it. Yeah, replace it with God's truth. Romans 12, 2 says, don't be conformed by the behavior or the customs of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What is that? This is the renewing of your mind. I'm identifying the lie I'm not just kind of saying, hey, I feel bad, God, come help me. It's like, man, that's a good starter prayer. Good starter pack prayer on that. But that's not the kind of training Jesus wants to lead you in as a disciple of him. The primary purpose of dismantling strongholds is so that, now I want you to hear this, because this can actually like almost take people over. Like, man, I need to just get fully clean. I need to get perfect. And I've seen people go down trail, this, this kind of trail of like, man, I need to clean up everything today. And it's like, no, be in step with the Holy Spirit. He's gracious enough to only give one or two things to kind of like in front of your radar to deal with. This is a life of transformation. This is truly a marathon with the Lord, not a sprint. And so the goal in pursuing freedom is not to focus on our strongholds, but to focus on removing them so that we can experience God's life. That's the reward. We need to get the removal of these strongholds so we can experience God's life. Before we came to Christ, our lives were slaves to sin. And as slaves, we were powerless to gain victory over our oppressor or our flesh. However, because of Yeshua, because of Jesus, we now have power and authority to resist sin and all its temptations. You are in a battle. But Jesus, our great leader and commander, has given you everything you need to win this battle. Isn't that good news? Like sometimes we feel like, man, it's so overwhelming. 
I don't have the right tools. I don't have the right. If I just had a little more here, if I just had that friend here, if I just had that little network here. No, God has given you everything you need for life and godliness. But it's coming into just kind of a honesty with our heart. Yeah, we're jacked. We're jacked. And we need him. Walking in the freedom in Christ comes with the realization that only through taking our sin and our brokenness to the cross and receiving God's forgiveness and power will you win this battle. It's the only route to take for victory. A life lived like that is worthy of being a disciple of Jesus. A life of freedom and victory that's been secured by Jesus' death and resurrection and one that, as God gets a hold of your root system, and you just say, God, I just, in this season, what are you illuminating to me that I need to deal with in my root system? Maybe that would be our just kind of end prayer, maybe our point that we're asking the Lord. God, what in this season is this a stronghold that you want me to get victory over in your son? All right? Lord Jesus, we thank you, God, for your word and your power that can transform and change all flesh according to your design. But God, we need to we need to come to you with a humble heart and an open mind and a, a broken spirit to say, God, we need you. God, we've tried on our own. We've tried to make it work. We've tried to make it better. But God, this area in my life just keeps keeps just coming and dominating, and I keep experiencing this awful negative fruit in my life. And so, Lord, I pray that whatever stronghold or idol it is, God, that you would illuminate it to our heart right now. Father, what is it? God, what are you dealing with us in our lives right now? What stronghold are you pointing out in us that we need to deal with? an answer. Father, we know that this area in our life has debilitated us. It has kept us from walking in our design that we know we have in you. So, Father, I pray that we could bring this to your cross, help us identify the lies that we believe, and equip us with your truth, that we would stand upon your truth in Jesus' name. Lord God, thank you for the power of your word to change and transform us, to divide the soul and the spirit and bring us into wholeness, to restoration, to the salvation that you died to give us. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we hope this message has inspired you and challenged you to be the man or woman he's called you to be now and to see his kingdom grow in every area and arena of life. God is with you more than you know. For more information about our community here in Kansas City, please visit us online at citylifekc.org, and we'll see you next time on the City Life Podcast.